Hello, this is your host, Art Fuller, coming to you from sunny Atlanta, Georgia. We have a new sponsor for the show today, Gaggle, not to be confused with Google. Gaggle is the maker of premium gags and duct tape and is the number one choice of terrorists and serial killers. They heard about our podcast regarding duct tape and felt like we were a good fit for them. While we may not agree with the usage of this product, you have to admit they make a pretty special commodity. So check out Gaggle, and thanks for supporting the show. We're talking about re-gifting. We've all done it. We've received a gift or present from somebody and knew right away it was either something we would never use or never wear. So what to do with it? Re-gift it. Regifting happens more often than you think. A recent British survey revealed 2% of presents are thrown away, 20% are hidden in that cupboard or closet, and 22% are regifted. What technically is regifting? Regifting is the act of taking a gift that has been received and giving it to somebody else, usually in the guise of a new gift. When you stop and think about it, this is pretty cool in several ways. First, the regifted item is not going to waste or being disposed of. It is finding a new home, a special home, where we hope its new owner will appreciate and cherish it much more than we did. Second, it has the potential to make us look good to our friends and family. Oh, you bought me a gift. Well, duh, yes, of course I bought you a gift. I would never forget your fill-in-the-blank occasion. Third, regifting saves us money. Without the possibility of a regift, we would have to take cash out of our own pocket and purchase said recipient a present. Fourth, regifting saves time. No spending hours searching for the perfect item to give to the giftee. Why, we've got the perfect gift right here in the back of our closet. But regifting does not come without a dark downside. First, Regifters sometimes deal with guilt. We feel guilty that we are giving away something that was given to us, something somebody may have labored over in terms of selection, time, money, etc. So, we have to get over any sense of guilt in order to successfully regift. Second, regifters have to overcome any sense of manipulation or deception being foisted on the receiver. Yes, we are passing this regifted item off as something we purchased, something we selected for the recipient, something we think will make them happy. But deep down, we know none of these things are true. Get over it. Wouldn't it be worse to not give them something at all? Of course it would. Lastly, you need to get over any sense of embarrassment if you're going to be a successful regifter. There's always the chance of being discovered as a regifter. Either get good at total denial. No, these are not the socks you gave me for my birthday. I bought these at Goodwill last week, especially for this party. Or have a ready explanation as to why this item was an appropriate candidate for regifting. It wasn't my size. They don't fit. It's not my color, etc. Regifting should not be entered into lightly, but given careful consideration. It can feel morally, ethically, and emotionally wrong unless you follow these rules. First, don't re-gift anything that's monogrammed. Having your initials on an item is a pretty telling giveaway 
that you didn't actually buy this thing for the intended giftee. Second, don't give away anything that has an expired date on it. Your aunt gave you a fruitcake last Christmas. You don't like fruitcake, but you think your neighbor, who has five kids, would feed his kids anything. So you decide to give him the fruitcake as a gift, which now has an expiration date of three months ago. Yes, he probably would give his kids anything just to feed them and get them to shut up. But don't do it. It crosses the tackiness line of regifting. The third rule, don't regift within the same circle of friends or family from whom you originally received the gift. Your friend Jane gave you a set of four coffee mugs for Christmas. Trouble is, you've already got tons of mugs and know where to put these new ones. You decide to re-gift this item to a mutual friend, Sally, at her birthday party. Jane and Sally know each other, and in fact, Jane also attends Sally's party. When the re-gifted mugs are opened, Jane realizes her gift has been re-gifted. Not good. The last rule, take off the gift tag and re-wrap the gift. You never know what lurks inside the box of a potential re-gift item. You don't want your new recipient to discover a name tag intending the gift for some other person or some personal note or inscription about how great a friend they consider you to be, hence their purchase of this particular gift just for you. So there you have it, re-gifting. A perfectly acceptable way of getting rid of unwanted, unused, non-refundable, and undesirable junk that people have probably re-gifted to you in the first place. Larry, what do we have in our mailbag today? Jocelyn in Swanee, Georgia writes, Is it rude to bring squirrel to a church potluck dinner? Jocelyn, that's a pretty complicated question with all kinds of philosophical implications. While in some parts of the country, dinner attendees would be tickled to death to get a bite of good squirrel meat, in other parts of our country, the appreciation might be somewhat muted. I would say your best bet is to check with your local church pastor. If he's the kind of person that enjoys a good deep-fried quadruped for lunch, you're probably okay. Next, Clayton in Humpville, Indiana, emailed to say, I really appreciated your show on duct tape and also the one about caskets. I've decided to make my own duct tape casket to celebrate my love of this product and to save money. Clayton, that sounds like an appropriate tribute to those episodes, but be sure to check with your local cemetery and see what their rules on decomposing bodies are. A duct tape casket may be too ecologically friendly for some locales. Lastly, we received an email from Dave in Seattle, Washington. Dave writes, Do you think King Kong would have enjoyed spam? He is, after all, a simian who shares many physical and behavioral characteristics with we humans. Dave, I think if they would have fed King Kong a steady diet of spam, there would have been no need for him to rampage New York City or kidnap young starlets and drag them to the top of the Empire State Building. Well, that's all we have time for today. Tell one person about the podcast and rate us five stars. You'll feel better about yourself for doing it. 